I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome aboard the Athletics Can't Wait Jets podcast, your nonstop shop for all things Jets with Tim McMaster, Zach Rosenblatt, and Marissa Dunn. Can't wait! The offseason is here. Time to put the mess that was the 2023 Jets season behind us and once again look ahead to happier times. How did the Jets win the offseason again? We're going to get into that. Thanks for joining the Can't Wait podcast. Thrilled to have you here live on YouTube or if you're catching the audio version after the fact. I'm Tim McMaster along with Zach Rosenblatt, our Jets reporter at The Athletic and our producer extraordinaire, Marissa Dunn. Uh, Thanks for coming in and joining the show. Lots to get to. We're going to talk about the Jets end of season press conferences. We'll get into some clips from that. We'll talk about what Aaron Rodgers had to say at the end of the season. The NFL coaching carousel that doesn't include the Jets right now. Um, all of it we're going to get into. So plenty to dive into. We're going to start, though. I need to vent a little bit, guys. I, I spent the morning touring. I don't know how many people that listen to the show are in New York City. Um, but the you know the educational system is it's complicated. I spent the morning touring a 3K program um, kind of in our neighborhood because the application process has opened up yesterday through March to apply for 3K. So three-year-olds come September. Um, it's AK college. <laughs> yeah. It's like college only it's free. That's the the benefit and why it's worth That's going good. through it. But um, yeah, I mean, a lot of nervous parents like thinking like, do I have any <laughs> shot of getting in here? Um, you basically put together a list of where you want to go. And then it's this whole computerized like thing that's based on like where you live. And if you have other kids in the school and, and just, flat out luck and like you hope that you get a spot somewhere and then you hope that it's not like you know in coney island like i take a you <laughs> oh, know geez. two hour a train ride to a train. so so we started that was our first one we're gonna see a bunch of different schools all within walking distance um okay. and see if we can do it now uh pre-k in new york city is universal so you're guaranteed a spot but 3k is only universal in certain areas we're not in one of those areas so we just kind of have to cross our fingers and hope. But man, you know, if anybody has any experience with this, has any tidbits, want to throw in in the comments some uh, some guidance, I, I'd love to hear it. Marissa, um, just be glad that you don't live in New York City. And I'm Zach, like, this is all get out of Jersey City before you have kids. Uh, Jersey <laughs> City is probably very different, but yeah, I'm sure it's not maybe. much better. I mean, I feel like you're going to have to do one of those, you know, like those viral college videos where like they pull up the email and they have everyone behind them, like waiting to see if it says accepted. I feel like you and Mandy <laughs> with Ailey sitting, you know, playing like, in the background, like three K, woohoo. I never, I didn't know. What you, I thought you were talking about like some sort of run or something when you said three K earlier. Yeah, so I Googled I, it. I, I, no, I am. I understood it was like some sort of like school I thing, figured it out but I did not know. Clues, but yes. yeah. Yeah. I mean, the the it is great in the sense that like a lot of, you know, for a lot of people around this country, like when you're you have a three year old, there's no free option for child care. So right. don't get me wrong. Like, it, you know, get in and that is a blessing, especially because she's born in September. So basically she's going to turn three right when this is available. So mm-hmm. could be great, but um, definitely stressful. <laughs> Shouldn't be this stressful thinking about school when your kid is currently two. Three. But, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> man all right should we move on to the jets i mean that's not less yeah. stressful but from one stressful <laughs> thing to another not less stressful go. at all all right let's get into these end of uh year newsers and joe douglas spoke obviously um robert salas spoke uh players spoke we'll get into a lot of those i do want to start though with joe douglas and this is a question that zach you asked towards the end of his session which was basically i mean it's a pretty simple question I would think that he would have kind of expected it at some point. Um, But the answer was a little strange. So let's get into it. This is Joe Douglas at the end of the newser. Why why do you think Robert is the right coach to lead this team forward? 
Robert's the right coach because he's, he's, he's the right man for the job. Um, I think he's uh, – I love his energy. Uh, he's he's smart. He, he's, he's the right man for this job. I have zero doubts about that. He's the right man for the job because he's the right man for the job. You basically gave him the answer, I guess. <laughs> so. Yeah, I was, that was <laughs> – I did not expect that, if I'm being honest. Um, and it was, I follow, it was from a follow-up to another question about, like, the job Solid did this season. So I, I don't think I was coming out of left field necessarily. But, yeah, I was a little taken aback by the lack of an answer there. It was kind of like a very lukewarm endorsement. I, I don't know if it was on purpose. Um, we were grilling Joe pretty good throughout that press conference because of all the issues they've had. Um, to his credit, one of the first things out of his mouth was like that um, – basically like the way the last two seasons have gone are on him and like putting it on himself and, and like the fact that they haven't been able to overcome adversity, I think that's on him, but he also turned around when we were asking him like specific questions, he kind of like pushed back on a lot of like the criticisms of like the backup quarterback situation, the O-line, um, Dalvin cook, stuff like that. But yeah, that quit that answer. Uh, it threw me off. I think it threw a lot of fans off when they saw it too. Cause it's, like like you said, like that. I think that was a that's a pretty common question coming out of a losing season. Like, why do you think your head coach is the right one to leave you out of this? Um, didn't really have a good answer, uh, but you know they they're rolling back with this staff. They're to this to this point there hasn't been any changes, so I I imagine there won't be anything significant, which is what I reported after the game on Sunday. Uh, Todd Down and Keith Carter they're coming back. Um, we'll get into Keith Carter obviously. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett, Jeff Ulbrich, Brant Boyer coming back and seems like the position coaches too. So they're rolling it back with a team that had the worst, one of the worst offenses in the NFL last year, which um, is worth discussing here at some point. But uh, yeah, that just the, the Joe part of things like he started off to, to start off as well as he did in that press conference. I'd say he ended it quite poorly. So when you say started off well, that you're saying about taking responsibility and, yeah. and all this stuff. Yeah. There. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. Garrett Wilson, you can always count on for honesty, yeah. for, you know, wears his heart on his sleeve, all that stuff. And and that was apparent when he spoke after the season. I mean, what happened this season can't happen again is how I feel about it. And I don't, you know, I, I can't say that kind of back to what Connor had asked me, you know, I got to stay in my lane. I don't know exactly how to answer that, to be fair, or to be honest. But, um, it's got to be better, you know. We've 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 got to make adjustments in the game. We've got to do things to to counter what we're getting and 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 be able to um, be able to put points on the board because you know we we two years I've been here and I mean honestly and all all my you know it's been tough. It's been tough going and uh, and football hasn't been this hard as far as offense and, and uh, when I watch it. You know, on the sideline, it don't look that hard for the other team. So we got to figure out something to, you know, to um, to get it rolling. No matter who's, no matter who's slinging it, man. And I know that you know, Aaron will be an offense in itself because that's just what he brings to the table. He's he's special, man. And and I think you know, I, I pray and I, um, you know, I just pray that everyone in the world gets to see that next year. Um, but. Um, yeah, you know, just what happened this year can't happen again. And, and um, that's how I feel about it. A couple of parts of that stood out to me. One, football's never been this hard because that's what the Jets offense is to like onlookers, right? It just looks so hard. Like in the in 2023 in the NFL, offense is supposed to be easy. Defense is supposed to be hard. Like in the Jets somehow have flipped that equation. They've made offense hard. The other thing is when he mentions, I need to stay in my lane. Um, because I feel like Garrett Wilson, if he could, like if he was given the opportunity, would honestly like start drawing up plays. He'd, yeah. he'd be like, no, I mean, all right, here, here's what I want to run. Like, this is what we ran at Ohio State. Let's try some of these. I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think that was the reason why I wanted to pick that quote, because he had a lot of good ones. He had another one where he said, "I people tell me how good I was this year. This is the worst season of my life. He said worst yeah. year of my life, but he meant season. Like, year sounds like he – in his like life, life that was the worst year. Of his life, well, the way he yeah. takes it though, it probably was like he yeah. probably yeah, yeah, so yeah. He's very worst hard to sleep. But I use that clip because you know he tried really hard not to, but he ultimately kind of took a shot at Nathaniel Hackett there, where he said we need to be able to adjust in games better. <laughs> like, yeah. and it looks so easy when you're on the sideline watching other offenses. Like that's 
he had similar comments last year about LaFleur, uh, where he said something along the lines of like teams knew what we were doing by the end of the season, like they were guessing and teams knew what they were doing from week one this year because Nathaniel Hackett's run this offense um, and he doesn't adjust. And so um, I definitely sense there's some frustration with the play calling and, you know, Garrett also, he does a weekly radio interview on uh, ESPN radio um, with the Bart Scott and Brett Hahn show. I think it's called uh, Hahn and Scott or whatever. I don't know, but uh, he had like another quote where they, they basically asked like, is it really simple as like bringing Aaron Rodgers back? will like fix the offense. And he like laughed and said, yeah. And then they followed up and he was like, well, well, Aaron, when he's in there, he calls the, and then he like stopped himself. And then he started talking about Aaron can get to the line of scrimmage. He changes the plays and and Aaron Rodgers is the offense. And, and uh, so I, I think it's, it's pretty obvious that everybody knows that this is Aaron Rodgers offense, even Aaron Rodgers. um, I was watching, he did like a podcast interview with the official jets team podcast. And, and he was like, there's, I don't remember the exact line. So um, I'm sure it's online somewhere at this point, but he, he said something along the lines of there's quarterbacks who could run an offense and there's quarterbacks that are the offense kind of thing. Like Roger's talking about himself like that. So I, I think they, they, they obviously, you know, we talked about this a million times. They built this offense for him, not for a guy like Zach Wilson, who's not as good at making adjustments at the line and like kind of like free balling and, and doing his own thing. Whereas Rogers, that's what he's good at. And there's not many quarterbacks who can do it like he can. And so, you know, the idea is the offense will be better with them. And I think that's not a controversial opinion. I think everybody, even the most, you know, ardent like haters of Rodgers and the Jets in this whole situation, I, everybody knows that this offense will be better with Rodgers in there if he can stay healthy. That's a big question, obviously, the second part. But um, but the, the the problem was always this year that they just, even in, you know, I get not having a backup plan immediately, but for the whole season to never change or to never bring in a veteran quarterback, all of the stuff we've talked about, like it still just circles back to that. And I think that's, we're the root of Garrett Wilson's frustration and some of these other guys on offense. Like it, it shouldn't have taken as long as it did for them to start feeding Garrett and feeding Brees. Like at the, that Nathaniel Hackett comment we, we talked about last week where he said he just realized in week eight that Brees Hall should be in the passing game. Like it's just, like you said, it's just, they make it hard on themselves. Like it's all thing. It's like they, like I've said, they, it's like they call plays with one hand tied behind their back. Like just, use all the things at your disposal and they did not do that repeatedly. And I, and I think that's a big reason why Garrett's frustrated. You know, they don't, they don't do anything to scheme them open. They don't move them around in motion. Like it's just the same stuff over and over. And they kind of, if you remember like all of his best catches were be him like going up and getting it over the corner. Cause it was all mm-hmm. closely contested. Like there wasn't, he had, he had one of the better open scores in terms of like getting open as much as anybody in the league. But I think most of his catches were not where he was like wide open. So it's uh Rogers fixes a lot of that, but I ultimately, I, I go back to their, their issues go beyond just plugging Aaron Rodgers back in there. And it starts with coaching. We talked a lot this season about uh, why don't they call the change the play caller? Why don't they change the play caller? Even if you keep Hackett as the offensive coordinator is one of the reasons because they know that the play caller next year is going to be Aaron Rodgers. hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, I think that's what it, and I think that's why, I mean, Rodgers has a personal relationship with Hackett, which is part of it, but um, he ultimately knows that he has the freedom to do what he wants out there. Like that's, that's a fact. Like he's, he wanted that. I think he had that to a degree in Green Bay, but LaFleur was, you know, he's a wonderkin. He's a guy that like has a lot of plays that he wants to call. He's very smart, a lot of motion, which Rodgers didn't like. Like there's a lot of aspects that Rodgers didn't like. They made it work with help from Hackett in those two MVP years because he was kind of like the go between between those two guys. And Rodgers wanted to go somewhere where he could have, you know, full leeway to do what he wants, kind of like Peyton Manning and Tom Brady, especially um Brady in Tampa Bay like he wanted the same kind of setup that Brady had though I I do think Bruce Arians had a little more say in what was going on than Nathaniel Hackett will but um yeah so that's ultimately what it is like Rodgers doesn't want somebody in there who's going to make his life difficult when he's calling plays um which is why I thought the fact the Bears fired Luke Getze as their offensive coordinator he's he kind of even looks like Hackett if you look at what he looks like um but he's like another close confidant of Rodgers he's raved about him over the years he was his quarterback's coach for a few years. He was with Green Bay for a long time. I I don't – this is not a sourced thing. It's kind of an assumption just based on the context clues, but it would not surprise me at all if they hired Luke Getze to bring in, and not, not necessarily to call plays, but just to have another voice that Rodgers trusts in the building. And um, Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I don't see the play calling structure changing at all next year. It, it'll be Rodgers' show. What happens if Rodgers get hurt? Well, it'll probably be a disaster again unless they get a court <laughs> – unless they get a really good, smart backup quarterback and kind of run things, which usually those don't grow on trees. So 
Um, yeah, we'll see. Joe, they're Joe banking Flacco. on. They're, they're banking on. Yeah, yeah, they're banking on forty-year-old Rogers staying healthy for seventeen games. So we'll see what happens. It didn't work out well this year. Speaking of Rogers, um, simple transition there. He spoke at the end of the year too. I'm not going to get into the Kimmel stuff. Like we're not going to dive into that. That's a mess. And I will say credit, credit, credit. Rogers made a joke about Arizona State, which is the one thing I tweeted about from the interview because I supported that as a University of Arizona <laughs> alum. <laughs> there you go. He's trying to win you yeah. over one by one. Um, but he did say, and it without getting into that Kimmel stuff, like it speaks to it. He said, need to flush the BS out in 2024. Yeah. Basically saying like it needs to be all about football all the time. We can't have all these distractions. Meanwhile, like who's the distraction, right? Like you talk about self-awareness and I used to always think like Aaron Rodgers was somewhat self-aware. I don't think he's self-aware at all. I mean, I think he is in a sense, but like it's like the rules or maybe maybe I should rephrase that. Do as I say, not as I do. Is that the, the better way here to say what how, his messaging? I, I just think he and the team view view what he does on McAfee as not inside the building. So I think it's a technicality. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Because um, I, I really do – There, I don't know about everybody, but are there, there are definitely people in the organization, including Robert Sala, who do not view the Pat McAfee show as an issue. Um, they don't view it as attraction. And, and I think there's also a part of it where they don't want to tell Rodgers what to do. Um, I think that's absolutely a part of it. Ultimately, you know, he's not going to be on the show next week. Uh, sounds like he won't be. He usually goes to the end of the Super Bowl. I think there were some people who like got mad about the news that he's not going to be on it anymore. He's on it through the end of the Super Bowl. If you remember, I think that's where some of his like most controversial like uh, Packers stuff I feel like happened um, was in like that stretch. But um, so he won't be going on the show. Uh, I'm with Pat McAfee in the sense that uh, I'm happy that I don't have to like write about stuff that he says on Tuesdays anymore like that. We can get a breather from that, but yeah. ultimately, yeah, I I'd say, yeah, Rogers comment. I don't think obviously he was talking about that when he said we got to flush the BS. I think there are some other things both internally and things that get out that are internal that he doesn't like. Uh, but yeah, I do think it's that quote was ill-timed considering two questions before that he was asked if he's, if he wanted to address the Jimmy Kimmel thing and he wouldn't. And that's like, the most non thing that doesn't contribute to winning that, that you could possibly bring up. So, Oh man. Well, at least it, he keeps it in interesting. We're not bored. We're not bored, Zach. Um, <laughs> all right. One more thing from the end of year stuff um, that's kind of blown up. And, and that is the Keith Carter situation. Um, I'll lead into it with this. There was, he was actually Robert Sala was specifically asked about Keith Carter and his thoughts on, Keith Carter and how that's been, how that was. And this is what Robert Sala had to say about it. Like all of us, there's things that he's going to have to improve on. Um, uh, but, you know, to, to, in first year of a system to go through that many changes and to have to coach that many young men who had gotten here mid-season, uh, um, you know, I, I thought he did a, a really good job. I thought our run game, like I said, our run game got better and better Brees in the outside zone scheme really hit strides over the last few weeks. Um, and, and again, it, you're one of a system with all the turnover um, uh, and the content still being able to improve as the year went on. I thought, I thought he did a really nice job. In a sense, everything that Robert Sala said there is, is true. I mean, he did have to deal with a ton of turnover and it was a mess on the offensive line. And you can blame a lot of the offensive line issues on Joe Douglas for not having depth or whatever. Um, but that said in on social media, this is kind of blown up in the, with the Mike Vrabel firing um, comments about how great Mike Vrabel was, except for the fact that he had Keith Carter as an assistant coach. Uh, Brees Hall liked it. Uh, I think um, crying, laughing emojis. Um, Makai Becton basically stressed it in, in a comment on it. Um, this isn't what you want to hear as far as support for your assistant coaches, Zach. Yeah. Um, look, like when Keith Carter got here, he had a reputation. Um, Taylor Lewan is the tweet you're referring to. He was one of the most vocally outward against him. And I don't think he was the only one. I think it's just the way he runs hard practice. He's very old school in a way that doesn't really fly as much as it used to. Um, like the idea is that he grinds these guys down and 
you know, I, I hadn't heard complaints like during the year necessarily about him, but they have started to come out more and more. Uh, it is kind of shocking to me that guys are being openly like critical of him. Like if you look at the Taylor Lewan post on Instagram, there's a few different Jets players that liked it, um, including offensive linemen. So it's not a good sign, but I, I do get the sense that that hasn't affected Robert Sala's thinking about Keith Carter. He viewed that as a home run. He went out of his way to pursue him. He wanted to get him before he was even fired by the Titans. Uh, and then he was fired and they were able to bring him in. And he was a big part of like the pitch that uh, Robert had to Woody Johnson last year when he was trying to come up with formulate a plan for this offensive staff. I think there were some iterations that included Michael floor, others that obviously didn't and wound up with Hackett and Downing and all that stuff. But I, the goal was to bring in Keith Carter and Dodd Downing, and he's not going to bail on it after a year. He thinks he did a better job than the fan base does. And even his players do. And so, he is safe despite all of this. And I get the frustration because the offensive line was a disaster this year. Um, you know, he did deal with injuries, but, you know, because of the reputation, you have to wonder how much, like, the way he practices them had to do with it. Though there are – I will say there are a lot of offensive lines around the league have been getting banged up. Some handled it better, like the injuries. Yeah. Lot, some handled yeah. injuries better, like the Browns, obviously. Hand, like, some teams handled their injuries. So some teams have great backups, like the Browns. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, but well, I mean, like across the league, like it's yeah. like it's like you, an you epidemic, know, yeah, yeah. You need depth because it's like inevitable. Yeah, well, that's part of the issue. Is the Jets went into the season with Dwayne Brown as their left tackle, thirty-eight coming off a shoulder surgery, and Mackay Becton, who had played one game in two years, so like that's on them. Um, I think he did. He did build some depth on the interior. He brought back Connor McGovern. He signed Wes Schweitzer. Drafted Joe Titman. Like. When, when you look, when you lose Connor McGovern and Wes Schweitzer, that's kind of hard to plan for. But the, the tackles, you know, Billy Turner being your swing tackle going into the year with Makai as a starter, like all that stuff was on Joe Douglas. Um, and yeah, ultimately, I think Keith Carter, you know, could have done a better job. Obviously, it's hard to fully evaluate a, an offensive line coach with everything that happened. But I, I do understand that it's a possible like the, the fact that he has a reputation for grinding these guys is definitely something um, to think about. and. You know, I mean, everybody's on the hot seat next year, but him, obviously, in particular. And if they start off very, very poorly, I'm very curious to see how the players react if they already are publicly kind of criticizing him. And I mean, players don't need to love coaches, right? Like, no, that's more of a new like there was a time when I think players probably hated all the you know what I mean? Like the coaching player dynamic has obviously changed a lot over the years as players have earn more money and have more power and have more say. And and it's definitely more of a, you know, friendship. We're working together thing as opposed to like, I'm the coach, but, but there, you know, that can still work, especially with a position coach, as opposed to like the head coach, right? Like Robert Sala is obviously a guy who I think has good relationships with players and like for, for position players, uh, for a random position coach to be the hard guy that the players don't like, that can be fine. It just stands out when they jump on social media because then you think not only yeah. do they not like him, but maybe there's not even respect and you would like respect. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's all a great point. And, you know, I, again, this is one of those things where if they're winning, then it's, this isn't as noticeable or probably not happening. But the fact that they are losing the offensive line is getting blamed for everything, even including by Robert Sala one week um, where after the game, I think it was the Dolphins game. He blamed the O-line for everything. So, um, you know, it's just stuff like this is not a great sign, you know, that, a that everybody is sticking together kind of thing. I, I do think this locker room is sticking together, but you don't want coaches versus players. So I, you, you hope that they sit down and address, everybody addresses their, their issues. I mean, Makai Becton won't be back. Um, I think it's safe to say anyway. So maybe that's why he feels comfortable being as outward with his criticism. But, um, when you have other guys that are on the roster, like liking a post like that, um, it's concerning, but I'm we're curious, I'm curious to see how it plays out this offseason. I ironically, Makai took his down and Breeze but left he did. his up for hours. Well, but th- then Makai retweeted Breeze and then also posted a like gif of like somebody holding drinking tea and like with no comment. So um yeah. you know, Makai knows what he's very active on social media. So yep. he knows that people saw what he, he put and all that. Yeah, you so. don't it doesn't have to stay there in order to get the message across for sure. Yeah. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. 
Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. I I want to get into the the madness of football. Robert Sal is still employed as a head coach, so is Joe Douglas, but the coaching carousel is on overdrive on the news. It's like there's playoff games this weekend. I don't know about that. (laughs) I mean, talk about taking the the attention away from the the games, right? This is why in baseball, there's actually a rule that you can't, um, right? You can't can't make announcements and stuff like this on game days, and there's always game days in baseball um, because they want. They don't want to take away from the games, but this is all part of the attention. The NFL gets that this, this drives fan bases more than the game sometimes, right? It's like everyone yeah. loves the off season. Um, and man, is it turning officially, you know, we're, we're going to hear it. I guess the, the press conference is coming up at noon Eastern time, Bill Belichick, Robert Kraft, yeah. that's going to be official. How are you feeling, Tim? It's time. Hug little childhood. I mean, I've as talked a, about this. As a, uh, yeah, as a exactly. diehard Patriots fan. Childhood fan, Tim. Yeah. It's sad. I'm o- I've been over the Patriots <laughs> really probably since I started doing this podcast. Like I've, I've just kind of like, I don't yeah. know, all, all you listeners, you've won me over. Oh. Um, <laughs> but I think, I think, from, I, was, I think I think I was 10, I think I was 10 years old and Bill Belichick started with the Patriots. Just that's crazy old Tim. Yeah, <laughs> I think um, I think the fan base overall decided it was time, especially with the Vrabel situation, right? I mean, I always yeah. assumed Gerard Mayo would be the next guy, and we're going to get into like fill that vacancy a little bit. I always thought it yeah. would be Gerard Mayo, but because everything went so bad this year internally, maybe yeah. Vrabel ends up being the guy. I can't imagine Robert Kraft hiring somebody he doesn't already have like a very large personal relationship with. I just yeah. like, but there's a lot of those guys. I mean, if you look out there, there's there's plenty of guys that fit that mold, but obviously Vrabel and Mayo are the the two that come, but that said Belichick um, Patriots Seahawks, he Carroll's gone Titans Vrabel's gone. And then there's the ones that we knew were coming commanders. Falcons was a little bit of a surprise with Arthur Smith. It seemed like he might survive, but then you don't want to go out the way you did in week 18. If you're the Falcons Uh, Panthers was obvious. Chargers has been open a while. Raiders. We'll see. Um, Eight jobs. Do you want to you want to play this game here? Uh, and Nick Saban. Saban. Did we mention Nick Saban? Oh, and yeah. And Nick Holy Saban. crap. I kind of like snuck through there. Yeah. yeah. Belichick, Belichick to Alabama. Yeah. Belichick to Alabama. <laughs> if yeah. only those wins oh, counted, then he would. But he just wants. <laughs> he, I think Belichick's in it for 15 more wins. Yeah. That's pretty oh, much yeah. it. Oh, give yeah. me give me two years, 15 wins, break Shula's record, and then ride off. Um, yeah. <laughs> I hope he gets that opportunity. Uh, we'll see if he does. But let's go one by one, Zach. You can say who you think is going to get these jobs. And then we'll, before, uh, we'll before, revisit. Before you start, before yeah. you start, I want to say, like, this is excluding, like, possible future openings. Like, if the Cowboys lose their first game or right. if things yeah. go terrible with the Eagles or the Bucks or something. Like, I think those three are teams that, like, hypothetically could move on from their coach. And then that might, like, Belichick might want to, would maybe prefer the Cowboys or Eagles as opposed to any of these teams listed. But Ready to, to win, yeah. Yeah. Eagles is amazing. Like, yeah, that would be nuts. Yeah, talk yeah. about things turning. But if, hurt, but right? if like if you're if you're the owner, like you you could justify that to everybody because it's Bill Belichick. Like, if it's Belichick, yeah. But yeah, well, and the owner and Belichick have a relationship. I, th- I think Laurie and Belichick are. Yeah, somewhat, I don't want to say like friendly friends, but I think they have a solid like they've both been around a long yeah, time. Yeah, I was listening to our, so. our our friends Bo uh and Zach. Oh yeah, what did Bo they and were Zach di- they were discussing that too. That yeah. they mm. definitely think it would be a possibility if things wow. go off the rails. So that'd be insane. You know, yeah, crazy. But uh oh the, the one Cowboys. other one we we didn't mention is the Giants where Dable is Oh staying. my god. <laughs> oh yeah. Man. Wink Martindale <laughs> gets upset over Drew and Kevin Wilkins getting fired and basically just like Says F you guys. 
Yeah, and just leave. <laughs> no, and... well, he, well, they basically, yeah, they, well, they basically did a stare down where it was like, I'm not going to resign. You're going to have to fire me. And they didn't want to fire. They didn't want to do that. Um, like they wanted it to be like mutual where he like couldn't go to certain teams and they just gave up and said, all right, we're going to keep your money, but you can go. Like he's 100% going to the Eagles this offseason. Like that's, that's mm. like a lock. Or it's going to be NFC East at least because he wants, he's going to want to stick it to the Giants. And he's, he's a good coach. Um, he is. I, yeah. It it seems like things just weren't handled well. Like those discussions need to happen before the assistants yeah. are fired. Like, but anyway, um, we've talked plenty about organizational issues <laughs> in recent weeks. Uh, all right, let's go through these teams, uh, and we'll we'll hold you to this, Zach. We'll check back in it. <laughs> Patriots. Patriots. I went with Mike Vrabel. I was tempted to do Mayo, but I went Vrabel. I just think it makes too much sense. And Vrabel had. Diana Rossini and Joe Rexrod uh, had a inside like what happened with Rabel. And one of the things in there that um, soured his relationship was when he went to New England for his like Patriots Hall of Fame ceremony. And like during, during the speech, the he like said something about how he said something about how amazing it is there and how much he loves coming back or whatever. So I it just like feels so perfect. And another co- another coach that can torture the Jets for a while. So that's why I went with Dunn. I, by, if not for that, if I'd done Gerard Mayo, um, and maybe we could do this team next if you want. Um, if I had done draw made with Patriots, I was going to do Rabel to Washington, actually. It was going to be my mm. prediction. And it would be interesting with if it is Rabel to New England, um, does he keep Mayo? They, yeah. they played together. I mean, they played together on the same defense for at least a little crossover between those two guys. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I think that would, that would be logical. He can make him his defensive coordinator or whatever. Unless Mayo gets a job somewhere else, obviously. Yeah. That would be the, yeah. the caveat. But that, that would be uh, certainly interesting because he, you know, they – the Patriots gave Mayo a huge raise last year to keep him from going somewhere else. So, all right. Yeah. Uh, you said commanders. What do you got? Yeah. Commanders. I went Ben Johnson, the lions OC. Mm-hmm. Cause I, I think the commander's job is actually kind of appealing for a coach. Like, and I think he's really waiting for the right opportunity. They have new ownership. They want to get a big name, which is why I thought Brable, maybe if he doesn't go to new England, um, they have a lot of draft picks because they traded away a bunch of guys. They don't have a quarterback yet, which is always a knock, but like Ben Johnson would have the ability to like, you know, pick and develop his quarterback or whatever it is. And I feel like he'd probably have a little breathing room to help build that program. If he wants to go somewhere, he's going to win right away. It's maybe not the right spot, but um, I think he's going to have the, his pick of the litter pretty much. Cause I think outside of like Harbaugh, Rabel, Belichick, he's like the next big name right now. And they, I mean, they have the number four pick, so that could be the quarterback depending on exactly. How yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I always think of Belichick and them just because that's where, you know, he grew up down there in that yeah, area, right. his dad coaching at Navy and all that stuff, like returning to his roots to finish his career. I don't know, but it's a hard, if he wants to 15 wins, especially if he's in charge of picking the quarterback, as we've seen that, well, I shouldn't say that he did pick Brady. I mean, not in the draft so much, but like Brady and Bledsoe. He did make that yeah. decision to go with Brady and bench Bledsoe basically after the injury. Um, all right, Seahawks. That's a that's a pretty good roster. Yeah, I I went. I saw uh, Michael Dunn had this. Not not Marissa's the our uh, podcast. <laughs> Michael Dunn had uh, Dan Quinn, I and mean, that's that's who I had as well. It, it makes a lot of logical sense. I'm not like a hundred percent certain that I think Dan Quinn's also going to be like at the top of a lot of lists, but he has ties to the Seahawks. Um, the other ones I considered there were. I mean, another one, a big one I could say was Dave Canales, who was the quarterback's coach there. Then he went to Tampa Bay. He's resurrected Baker Mayfield's career. He's kind of like a hot commodity. But um, if you're going to move on from Pete Carroll, unless, I mean, I guess they are completely rebuilding. So maybe they would want to go with a young coach. But I think Dan Quinn makes a lot of sense there if their goal is to, like, get back to winning right now. Falcons. Falcons, I went Bill Belichick. Um, really that's crazy that's what all the rumors are like yeah i know something this morning yeah Yeah, diana had something about that yeah i uh i don't know i'm not like like i said i i have a feeling one of these playoff teams is going to change coaches and then that one would become even the buccaneers they're very interesting um like i i'm not 100 percent certain on this one like out of the available teams though i think they make a lot of sense um it would be them and the chargers but the chargers are known for not wanting to like spend a lot of money on coaches although my prediction kind of like goes against that but um, I, I, I uh, don't know where you're going with that one. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, all right. Let's go to that one next. Chargers. I want Jim Harbaugh for that one. Yeah. Um, if that he feels leaves, like I the closest makes... thing to a lock at this point. I don't know. Yeah. If he, if he leaves Michigan, watch, you know, leave on a high note. 
Um, although maybe like Saban leaving would has him thinking like maybe I can create my own dynasty. I don't know, but he does seem like oh, someone who can't stay somewhere, cannot who doesn't want to stay in one place for too long. And inheriting Justin Herbert is the most appealing part of the Chargers. They do have a lot of holes and the roster is kind of a mess. But um, out of the available teams, again, like them or like maybe I think Harbaugh played for the Raiders, maybe so like that, they'd be interesting for him too. But I uh, that's my prediction right now, Chargers, and that's who he's been tied to the most in rumors. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, get out to the the sunshine and the California. All right, Panthers. Panthers, I went this one I they're gonna I think they're gonna have a hard time hiring coaches because yeah. they uh are a bit of a mess there. Um I went with Frank Smith, the OC for the Dolphins. Um he's like one of those up and coming guys. Maybe it's a little earlier in the cycle for him than you know usually these guys get, but um he has ties to like the 49er system. He's been pretty good at developing quarterbacks. He was in LA and then he was in Miami this year. So he's helped to uh, help Justin Herbert. Um, like I said, I don't think they're going to be able to get the top of the line guys, but I do think he's an intriguing guy who's respected around the league. So I, I went with him now with a lot of confidence. I could see, you know, what, I think these like young coordinators like Canales or um, Bobby Slowick, like, or even Mike McDonald, the DC for the Ravens, like one of these I'm a couple coaches I could see, but I don't know if a coach like that wants to necessarily take this job. So it's going to be very interesting who they wind up getting. All right. Titans. This is a pressure cooker as far as ownership and front office, because you had a guy that everyone else wants now and you kicked him out the door. So you better hire the right person to replace Mike Vrabel. Yeah. I went, I went Bobby Slowick. He's the Texans OC. He's kind of like the next big name because he's helped CJ Stroud from the 49ers tree. Their GM was in San Francisco, ran Carthon. So I think that connection makes sense. I, I saw Frank Smith's name attached to that job too. Not, again, not one I'm like 100% confident in, but especially because you like you said, like there's the ownership factor. But a lot of these guys, they kind of like feel like they can overcome a bad owner. I think you see a lot of coaches just taking jobs because there's not that many of them. So um, it's again, Sloak, I feel like is one that it's probably too early, but teams capitalize on these guys too early a lot and then it doesn't work out. I'm not saying it won't with him, but um, yeah, he's he's my prediction right now for that one. And then finally, the Raiders. This was the one I had the hardest time with. I initially went Antonio Pierce, but um, mm. they're not doing their head coach hiring until they hire the GM. And I think the GM's going to have the ability to pick who he wants as the head coach. So, like, you hear Devontae Adams, you hear all these players coming out saying, keep Antonio Pierce. There's no GM in the building right now to, like, listen to them. And usually, you know, as great as he was, I'd say often it's not the best idea to just, like, listen to what the players want necessarily in terms of, like, hiring a coach. It doesn't always work out. Um, so I went with Raheem Morris. Um, I feel like he's someone who has some head coaching experience. I think he's respected by players. He's done a really good job in LA. Um, he did a good job in Atlanta before they ultimately let him go. And I, he does feel like he's in line to get like another head coaching job at some point. So went with him. All right, there you go. Uh, Vrabel to the Patriots, Quinn to the Seahawks, Ben Johnson to the commanders, Belichick to the Falcons, Frank Smith to the Panthers, Bobby Slowick to the Titans, Jim Harbaugh to the Chargers, Raheem Morris to the Raiders. Lock it in. Yeah, we're holding Lock you to this, Zach. We're going to see yeah, how back, many back, you get correct. Back, back in 2021, when I worked at NJ.com, uh, we all did like a prediction for who the Jets and Giants should hire. I got the Giants wrong. Uh, oh, when they hired right. Judge? Or or when? Oh, wait. What no, year? when they hired in 21. So Oh, Dable. Oh, no. So maybe. So, no. Uh, no, Dable was 22. So maybe not the Giants that year. But That's anyway, I predicted the Jets and I predicted Robert Sala. That was my other one who I said they should hire. Um, hasn't worked out necessarily so far, but I did predict that. So we'll see if I'm right this time. <laughs> yeah, right. it's going to be an interesting, interesting few weeks for sure. Man, it's it is. There's going to be a lot of interview uh, news, a lot of rumors. And all yes. That stuff, so yes. Yeah. Keep refreshing your Twitter feed, Diana Rossini. She's got yeah all of it She's for you. It. Yeah. 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 When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. 
It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, time for picks. And we were kind of like, do we keep doing the picks into the playoffs because we've done that in the past? Or do we end it at the regular season because we're doing a different format? Well, the standings made the answer easy for us because we got a tie at the top, um, which means we probably should come up with a tiebreaker here. Um, mm. If it comes down to this, I think if we get to the Super Bowl and there's two people tied, we should, I'll reach out to them and they're going to have to give us like points or something. I like that. To, uh, to, yeah, to be the tiebreaker. But uh, Ian Bavona, who hasn't been at the top all year, I think. Um, and Jimbo Brennan, who we tried to get on last week, but he's in the UK. Uh, they are tied 137 piece out of 256. That's a 53.52 winning percentage. They've each won one week this season. Um, and here we go. Well, there, and there's we got Jim D75 is right behind them, too. So. Yeah, he's in it, too. That's true. We shouldn't. Uh, yeah. And then that's probably the drop off because there's so many less games yeah. now. It's kind of hard to yeah. catch up. But yeah, he's one back, so he could get there. So let's take a look at this week's games. Well, we all know the first one. <laughs> Obviously, I will be heading to Houston tonight, actually. Nice. How are you? Nice. Nice. Yes, because there is no there are no flights tomorrow. I'm hoping all of Cleveland is heading out tomorrow. So um, there were no flights available, but basically, yeah, that's yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So um, yeah, excited for that. I've never been to Houston, never been to NRG Stadium. So Madison and I are I like, packing up. I like Houston and it's good time of year to be there. Yeah. I mean, the fact that it's inside and I can bring Madison is great. She's yeah. got her headphones. It's not like Kansas City that's going to be like negative five degrees. So yeah, that's uh, a good draw by the Browns. Although they like, yeah, CJ Stroud is is a very not a very coach. tough quarterback to face. Yeah. So they did not face him last time they played them, uh, yeah. right before Christmas. So should be a good game. But so Browns with the better record and the favorites, even though they have to go on the road because Houston was the division winner. So two and mm -hmm. a half there. I I went Cleveland. Uh, Marissa, we won't make you pick. Yeah, we know where your heart is, Zach. Who yeah. you got in that one? There's not that many games, yeah, went, Zach, so went, we should just go through them all here. Yeah, yeah. I went I went Cleveland. I Houston hasn't – this is like their first year. Even I feel like they're happy to be here kind of thing, and I think the Browns have like higher goals. So um, that should be a fun game, though. It's a good one to start things off. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that one on Saturday. Uh, the other one on Saturday, Dolphins-Chiefs. It's like the underachiever bowl at this point. Yeah. The Dolphins somehow squandered the AFC East. The Chiefs did win the division, but 11-6 and six just – doesn't feel right for that team, that roster, and what they've accomplished. I just, I took Miami. I don't, mm. part of that was the points. I think it is going to be a tight game. Um, I don't know if they win, but four and a half felt like worth going with. What do you think, guys? Marissa, uh, you have to give a choice for the rest of these. So I'm rooting for, as crazy as this is, I'm rooting for Miami and Pittsburgh because in a world that they both win and the Browns win, that would mean Cleveland would host a game next round. Oh. So <laughs> that's where my rooting interests are going to lie in the uh, underdogs. This Well, not necessarily the underdogs and the points, but the, they are the yeah, higher Miami seeds, the higher seeds. So that, um, yeah, it impacts a potential uh, Browns home game. But. I think you might get Miami. I, I don't know about Pittsburgh. Yeah, I don't uh, that's know about a, that. That's a tough well, one. that would Miami would be okay because then they would have to face the Ravens. So, oh, that's true. Mm. Yeah, Zach, yeah. what do you think, yeah. Miami? Dolphins, Chiefs. Yeah, I, I said Chiefs minus four and a half, but not with a lot of confidence because the Chiefs have been yeah. very sketchy. But the Dolphins are so banged up and they keep losing guys. So, um, and not to mention I don't know that, that game they have is, a lot of juice right now. That game is on cold, Peacock. Right? Yeah, and yeah, it's on it's Peacock. Like, mm. come on. Oh, people yeah. are going to so be everyone, so mad about that when they realize yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Make sure you have your peacock. Uh, and that's even that's everywhere, right? That's even if you live in Kansas City. And yeah. Miami, I think so. Yeah. You have to like Which is get terrible. The, yeah. Yeah, it sucks. But so yeah, make sure you have that ready to go because I mean I'm I, curious I'm, with Peacock because of the Premier League. Mad enough. Like it used to be they would put like the bad games on Peacock and the big games were all on NBC and USA. Mm -hmm. But now they put the biggest game of the week in the Premier League on Peacock. Yeah, it's crazy, it's absurd. Um, so I know they're trying to sell subscriptions, but I think they're right. It's like how many different do we need? Like yeah. you have Sunday ticket, you know? Right. 
Yeah, that's crazy. the thing. You pay so much for Sunday ticket all right. year, and then you got to pay another subscription to watch a playoff game. Come on. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Pittsburgh, Buffalo, by the way, 10 and a half for a playoff wow. game. That's crazy. It made me think about Pittsburgh, but I just think the Bills are going to roll. Yeah, I, I had the Bills too. I, But again, that's one of those lines. Like a lot of times, the team that everybody is like has as the biggest underdog winds up winning a game in the playoffs. Like I think of the Seahawks the year they uh, had a losing record and Marshawn Lynch like caused an earthquake against the Saints or whatever. But um, I don't know. And the Browns when they really played Pittsburgh yeah. a few years ago. There you go. There you that go. Was a good no. one. You can read about uh, yeah. that one at the Athletic. <laughs> <laughs> the Bills, yeah. the Bills should run away with this, but they also have been sketchy this year, so we'll see. All right, switching over to the NFC Packers, Cowboys. I just want, like, I want the drama. I want, mm-hmm. like, is Mike McCarthy going to get fired? Um, plus seven and a half points is the spread, so I, I want Packers. I did as well. Yeah, I, I don't know. They're they're kind of sneaky. Jordan Love's been pretty good. The Cowboys fumble in the playoffs. Cowboys, Cowboys, Packers. There's always fun, like crazy stuff happens in those games. Um, yeah, there's also know. like I mean, an Aaron Rodgers thing here where it would be really like fun just to see yeah. the Packers win a playoff game the year That's after. That's true. Aaron That's very true. Insult yeah. to injury. Yeah. What do you think, Marissa? Uh, I'll go Packers too. All right, clean sweep. Uh, I should be writing these down, but I'm not. So you, I'm going to hold <laughs> you. Uh, Rams, Lions. This is this one's fun, obviously, um, because of the quarterbacks being traded for each other, and now they go head to head in the playoffs. Um, it's a little from the Rams standpoint, they already won a Super Bowl right. with Matt Stafford, so whatever, it's kind of water under the bridge. But from the Lions, that's where the that's where the revenge factor is. Yes, this is the a Lions Jared Goff back. revenge game, for yeah, sure. Jared Goff, yeah. So, but that said, I went Rams. I just don't, Ooh. the Lions, like, they're in there, they're getting better i think they're gonna you know continue to be good i just something tells me like mcveigh is gonna pull some strings here in the rams mm-hmm. so yeah i i had the lions just because i i think it oh no and i i said rams plus three and a half um because i think it's gonna be closer than that but the lions still win kind of thing but yeah. it, it it would be pretty brutal for lions fans who haven't had a playoff win and it's probably since i was a baby um if they lose to matt stafford in the playoffs mm-hmm. like it's it just yeah. feels like the perfect Lions torture that they have to play him first. Yeah. Yeah. I don't cool. know. I, I think I'm going to go to Detroit. Um, I'm yeah. going to, I'm going to say Jared Goff uh, is, is ready for a little bit of revenge, but uh, I think the Matthew Stafford homecoming will be cool. Um, he posted a really long video on social media, um, just like chronicling his time there and how much he loves the city. So I think that love fest fun. has continued, which is cool. Yeah, he even had the, what was cool. it? A McDonald's ad that he did where he was like joking about like, yeah, something to... when he won the Super Bowl, right. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. 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 I mean, when you played so, like he talked about it in the video, he, you know, grew up there and got married there and had his kids, you know, so that it's cool that uh, how much a city can have an impact. And it was almost like the one. Yeah, it was almost like the Ray Bork situation where like he goes to another team to win and the old mm-hmm. fan base is just happy that the guy got to win. You right. Know, the Bruins fans yeah. were all pulling for the avalanche that year when Ray Bork won the Stanley Cup. And mm-hmm. I think it was similar, except then Bork retired and Matt Stafford continues to play. But right. Uh, all right. Final one, which is Monday night. Is this new? Was there a Monday no. night game last year? Yeah, this is. Last that was- year, yeah. Yeah, I think last year might have been the first is, year. Oh, I don't know. It's so know. it's the so schedule stupid. is crazy. <laughs> it's so stupid, I mean, talk though. about being on. I mean, I guess it's no different than playing Sunday than Saturday. Right. I guess it, it's just like the, you're was, guaranteed the, the Sunday before, game, right? Well, and their yeah. setup before was so, was so good. Like it was so great having all the games on two days. Like I, I kind of hate that they did this Monday night game. Like you have to wait all the way till Monday night. Yeah, and after that Sunday, team after has Sunday to play. one p.m. Yeah, the winner of that team has to play Sunday. You can't make them play yeah. the next Saturday. Can't play Saturday. So right, so yeah, it's locked in. That said, it's Eagles and Buccaneers. If I don't know that as bad as it's gotten for the Eagles. I just don't think the Bucks are that good a football team. I went Eagles. I I went Bucks plus three and a half because <laughs> the Eagles are such a mess. But I don't know. I, I'm intrigued by this game because I I think there's a possibility that whoever loses this could fire their coach potentially. I mean, the Bucks weren't supposed to be a playoff team this year, and they were. Uh, but I don't know. I, I'm curious to see, especially when the Eagles lose, and they're really on on. You're gonna have to have their eye on them. But um, 
Yeah, it's kind of two, two kind of sloppy teams, and we'll see. The Eagles have the talent to be better than anybody, but they haven't done that. So they had one of the worst collapses at the end of the season for a team that started 10-1 and one ever. So um, It'd be, be tough for Bowles. Like, I feel like he's actually done a great job this year, right, getting that team to the playoffs. But, yeah, you know. He was he took over after the you know the Super Bowl and Brady and yeah and we're NFL's worst division so kind of just yeah but, you do get to play yeah. bad teams six times yeah 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 all right uh, we'll see how it plays out it should be fun we'll keep the the picks going so good luck to the three people that are kind of still alive uh, we still need to come up with something as a award for whoever wins just reminder for everybody we gotta yes. brainstorm that a little bit uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right that that's gonna do it for us do we miss anything Zach. I, I should just say before we go, apparently Belichick and Kraft are doing their press conference, but it's not really going to be a press conference. They're just going to be making a statement and there will be no questions. So oh. Belichick just going out the way he came in. Somebody's going to want to talk to the media. <laughs> He's going to write something on a napkin. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like with the Jets. Yeah. <laughs> it is an interesting way of doing it. I didn't think he'd even stand for this sort of thing. I thought it would just be like a press release. Maybe Kraft holds a press conference and announces it. Right. The fact that they're both going to be there is actually a little surprising. They must have talked a lot over the last... I know the reports yeah. are they've met multiple times in the last week. I would imagine to get to this point, there must have been a lot of like talking and coaxing. and, and yeah. I mean, yeah. Belichick's kids are on the staff too, so there's a lot to right. take right. into account. There. Right. So That'll be good drama even if there's no questions. Mm -hmm. <laughs> all right so uh enjoy that jets fans the end of bill belichick's era um although the last four <laughs> years haven't been very good there anyway so maybe it would have been better for the jets if he had kept rolling along making <laughs> personnel decisions i don't know um are we back next we're taking next week off unless unless something well, happens we to, yeah. well we'll keep picks updated on social media but something could happen so i think there's a pretty yeah. good chance we're we're back next yeah. week we'll keep you updated though everybody all right, that's going to do it. You can join The Athletic, uh, $2 a month for 12 months. Go to theathletic.com slash can't wait to uh, take advantage of that deal. Great time to do it. Coaching carousel, um, basketball, hockey hitting their strides. Spring training is coming up in about a Gosh, month. So it's always a good time to join The Athletic. Thanks for joining the Can't Wait podcast. We'll talk to everybody again soon.